Hi, everybody. Welcome to the second episode of the Dope in Real Life podcast. It's your host, Shani. Again, you can find me on all social medias. It's going to be at underscore underscore S-H-A-N-I-I. And here's my co-host. Hi, y'all doing? My name is Joti. Um, y'all can follow me on IG at Schizophrenia. Schizophrenia is spelled like schizophrenia. Just take that Z out, put that J in there. And you can find me on Facebook at J-Y-O-T-I, last name Sparrow like the bird. And we all together, Dope in Real Life Podcast. Alrighty, everybody. I hope everybody's doing well. Um, basically, today we wanted to get in uh, to a very touchy topic that me personally kind of never like to talk about on social media and things of that sort. Um, but again, this is the podcast and it's been a great platform for us to do so. Um, so basically, I want to talk about the injustice going on and pretty much the police versus everybody. That's what it really is these days. Um, I just want to reflect really quickly. Um, Going back when I was younger, I never was was never taught that police were like bad, and not to say that they're necessarily bad today. But I was always taught like when police come around, they're here to protect you. They where I'm from in Long Island, New York, they used to bring around coloring books. Like it was always, I always associated police with positivity, and it's amazing how through my life and going through college that that has definitely changed. Um, for you, Josie, growing up, how did you associate police? Uh, I grew up totally different to you once again. <laughs> um, so I come from a long line of just militant people, apparently. Um, more so my grandmom and my mom. So apparently my grandmom, and I found this out not, not probably about a year or so ago, she was actually, she used to march. Like for civil rights, like that's awesome. Yeah, like she all throughout Louisiana, she said she's been arrested seven times. I never even knew this. So she her her relationship with the police always was just in a pitching in a bad light for that. Like she was she used to march on campuses across like the bottom of the south there. But that's dope though. Like they made movies about her pretty much. Listen, I didn't, but I didn't even know that. I just asked on a whim one day, just about how she felt about police. My mom, that's what I'm predominantly raised by. She grew up in a totally different era. So my grandmother had this, the civil rights era. My mom grew up in the crack era. So my mom, you know, is just told how local police is just totally different. She said she's seen the corruption. She's seen the deception. She's seen just the abuse of power. So she, I, I don't ever remember a time we had, a, I ever had a good encounter with a police officer. Aside from them coming to my schools and telling me, Stay off drugs, like that, all that dare program. Yeah, oh we had that my too. Gosh, that was the listen. They used to come, to, they used to, and they used to be so blatantly like biased and racist. Like the kid with the long hair, stay off drugs. What he like Trey songs, a little bow wow. He cool, <laughs> but no, nah, these it's just so much. Like so, to me, my accounts with police, even from uh, me being an adolescent to being an adult. Listen, I never had a ghost experience with the police officer. I had guns drawn on me when I was just hooking school before, so no. Um that they always were not to my benefit. They were to my detriment every single time. Yeah, that's it's amazing. Again, the two different backgrounds. Um, even with growing up, like I really never seen the injustice in the system until uh, I have to say, like that Trayvon, the Trayvon Martin um, movement had happened. Like prior to that, mm. um, you know, it was never, never a light was never shined on it uh, where I grew up at, at least for me and my household. Um, That's interesting. Yeah, it is. And then for me to see that, it was kind of heartbreaking. 
So now, as I mentioned, when I associate police, it's kind of like fair. And it's sad to say, but like, I'm completely scared to get pulled over these days because I don't know what to do. You know, you know, the goal is definitely to get home. And um, it's sad that that has to be the goal when you get pulled over by the police these days that the only thing you're thinking about is, like, you need to make it home because you don't know what's going to happen, especially after everything that's happened over the past couple years. Hmm. So, so I, I find that, like, interesting just in the concept because I never had that luxury, like, just of just thinking that they were... Like I, I felt, I never felt safe with a police officer in my life. Like I'm, me just thinking back yeah. on, it, like I'm, I'm. It's just it's wild to me because I always had, and th- I was raised this way too. But even when I tried to formulate my own opinions about them, it was always more so a us versus them concept to me. They treated us like a them, and we treat, and they were a them. And but to, no, it's a, like everyone else is just us. I never, I don't side with the police. I understand there's criminals out there that do your job there. But I, for the majority of my life, I've never, I've seen too many bad things. Whether it was just abuse of power, um, in in a slightest way, like it, it, it could, it's just ways. I just, I just don't trust them. Right. So, no, and I understand. Like I never had any encounters with the police. Thank God. Uh, even growing up, um, living in Amityville, um, I lived in a very popular uh, neighborhood, well, complex called the plazas where um, low, well, I guess you can call it uh, rent-subsidized housing. So, you know, with that comes the drug dealers, everything like that. So when I did see police in there, it was pretty much for patrolling or if somebody got into a situation, somebody got shot. So, I mean, I associated with, you know, them coming, doing the aftermath. Not, like, I've never seen police really kind of like, harass people like they do and how or how some of my friends have experienced now that I'm growing up. Uh, well, no, so I I get it. I get it. Is so I personal experience, just just something from my past there. My house is a kid. I grew up literally in a block that's literally abandoned. We it used to be a row it used to be row houses on my block there. Low rent, but we was tight knit family on there. But no, it was it's nothing like that. The, house, the block was always poor, but my house got literally broken into. The police came and told us, like, oh, it's a low chance we're going to find them. What we're going to do is we're just going to ask around the neighborhood. They went next door, asked one neighbor, and left. Like, our stuff was stolen. Like, on <laughs> my mother, rent money was stolen and stuff like that. Like, TVs. And they didn't, and because their lack of regard there, just off of pure laziness, they didn't even recognize that they just took away a concept of a security away from me. Like, oh, you know what? Police, not not police here. They're not going to do that. And you go knock on the door next door and you leave. And you, I'm watching this happen. My mo- I'm watching my mother just not want to call them. And I understand it once it happens. So they're like, oh, this is, this is really what it's like with them. Yeah, I mean, I can definitely say Baltimore is definitely different from Amityville. Um, I think, too, as well as um, in Amityville, uh, to be an Amityville uh, police, you also have to be grow up in Amityville. So a lot of the people that are mm-hmm. policemen, my parent, my dad knew. So I guess that kind of breaks that down a little bit for me, too. But I could definitely say, moving out to Baltimore, um, I recently, when I bought my house, my car got stolen, and they were telling me, like, yeah, 
I was like, well, we're gonna like, what's the process? We're gonna do to find it. They're like, yeah, we don't, we don't actively look for your car. Like, if it comes up, we'll put out, you know, we'll put out the license plate number and stuff like that. If it comes up, it comes up. But we don't proactively go out and look for your car. And I'm like, what do you, what do you mean? Like, it just got stolen out of my driveway. Like, you need to go. I'm gonna go look for it too. But like, what are you gonna do? And they're just like, no, it's just we have to go about our day pretty much. Now that was like, are you serious? Well, I mean. When you get low income, so this is just a low income area, so they're gonna give you low income patrolmen. And Baltimore City policemen are not Baltimore City residents; they are and your Anne Arundel County, Anne Arundel County residents. They're your Harford County residents. Which the people, I'm sorry, I'm just I'm naming some real in depth concepts you have to know about the area. But no, that's about a 45 minute ride away from Baltimore, so. You're, people, in better neighborhoods. That's right. In, in, in rich environments where you come to Baltimore, if you grew up in an enriched environment and you felt like protection there, you got this as a badge of power, you come to Baltimore with a sense of entitlement. So you feel like when you come to Baltimore, oh, I'm going to make this city better. Anybody that just looks suspicious, but everybody looks suspicious to you because they didn't grow up from your environment. So you right. just put, you just overly patrol. If, if that's such a thing. Which is, I mean, and that's funny too because we can say they overly patrol, but like, ah, not too far from um, Park Heights, and I'm sure everybody is familiar with that from the, um, what's that show called? The Wire? The Wire. So it's kind of like The Wire over here. I see people sell drugs in front of the so cops over here, like which is <laughs> crazy. Don't lie. It, that's what, when, I, when I came from New York and I drove over there, I was like, this is scary, upright scary, and I see people like selling drugs in front of the cops with their guns out in front of the cops, and they're not doing anything. So I guess also coming with it not being your your town and being raised here, you also get a little late a sense of laziness too, where you're like, whatever it is, my town, I don't care. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you if you don't care about if you you gotta have two things just as a cop, like you you just gotta have um, a sense of responsibility with your patrolling. And you just have to be just you have you have to be selfless. So right. so if you if your selfless if your selflessness is only to um, people that you see that you can resemble or that you can um, equate yourself to, I understand I understand why you're doing it. But that's, this isn't the line of work for you. And if so, go do your line of work and the people that you feel are on your level. Because if you see if you deem people below you, you're going to treat them like you below you. So when they ask you a question, you're going to tell them. Oh, get out of here! Or I don't have to answer that. Or shut up or go in the house. Like that is a type of policing. I'm in. I've been endured since the time I was five. Like why y'all slamming him on the ground? Would you? You want to be next? Sit on the ground. Like yeah, it's crazy. Pat downs at five years old. Like I, I didn't seen them slam my mother on the hood of the car. With it, she. Um, at the time I'm six. My brother probably sixteen. That means my sister's probably twelve, and that means my other sister's probably eight. And you slam, and I got my cousins in the car. You slam my mother on the hood of the car because she was speeding in a station wagon. Nah, brother. Nah, yeah, that's brother. crazy, and that's exactly where the again the injustice comes in. Um, and it's just ridiculous. It's scary, and it shouldn't be. I don't. I don't think we should have to fear the cops, and it has come to that these days, um, especially with being always young. Always been that way. Yeah, well, for me, like especially with being young, you know, owning a new car, things of that. So you know, you try to do everything in your power just not to look suspicious because you don't want to be pulled over, you don't want to get into that situation. And that's another thing I want to talk about too, where 
a lot of us, and when I say us, I say as in young black adults, we don't know our rights. Mm. Um, recently, I got a call from um, one of my little cousins, and pretty much like the cops were, she got pulled over, and the cops were going through a car on her phone, and I was just like, why? Like, why, do, why are they going through your phone? Like, you know, they don't have any rights to do that, but when you don't know your rights, they'll do anything. You know, and I think yesterday, Joe T was telling me about a situation in the car with his friend. You want to go ahead and elaborate on that? Okay, so, um, literally, this is probably about, context, about four years ago. So, this wasn't at the height of anything that was going on as far as, like, the race brutality. It's either right before it or while it was just, you know, starting to brew. Um, But... I'm coming out, just leaving out of the house regular. I'm literally unemployed at the time, so I'm going to go see a job. I borrow my sister's car. Um, I get my sister's car. They're trying, heading to the library, literally, to fill out applications. I take her boyfriend along with me. So let's let's get in the car there. We leave. Now, the block I live on isn't the greatest block in the world. I don't want even, I don't even want to tell you what it is. <laughs> I, just, I just pull off there. I make, a, I make a right turn. Cop gets behind me. Whoop, whoop. All right. No big deal here. I mean, right, you should not do nothing wrong. Man, no big deal here. A uh, tap the window down. How you doing today? How can I help you? It, of course, I mean people get nervous with it. I myself, I don't get nervous around cops. I get angry, so I'm I'm a little on edge. But I don't I don't let them know it. Hey, how you doing? How can I assist? Hey, we just saw you buy drugs. Uh, we need you to get out the car. You need me to do what? Okay. Who did I buy the drugs from? Where did I buy the drugs from? And when did you see me buy the drugs? Yeah, exactly. You know you're right. Yeah. They was like, no, we saw you back at that circle. So you, you saw me stop at the circle? Is that what you're telling me? Okay. He was like, I feel like it smells like something here. Okay, this is what we're going to do. I'm not, because I already know what's about to go on. Um, they're like, can you step out the car? I'm not stepping the car. Now, my buddy of mine goes and says, hey, I feel like you should step out. I feel like you should shut up. And I feel like, because I'm not, if you get out of this car, I will pull off on both, all three of you, because it was two officers, one on each side of the vehicle. Mm-hmm. Let me talk to your superior. I don't care what time he's going to come. I We got all night. Exactly. He was like, no, so you're not going to get out of the car? I'm going to roll my window up now, sir. I'm feeling threatened. Lock my doors. So he's now he's tapping on the window that I don't have time for this. I don't have time for this. I don't know what you, I don't know what numbers you're trying to meet, but you ain't getting one off on me today. Exactly. You, I got, you want my license? You take my license. You read the registration. I get the registration. I hand it to you to this crevice because I'm about to roll my window back up and let me know what you want to do it. Listen, that's but that's just an everyday encounter, really, sadly. Yeah, no, but again, at least you knew to tell them to call superiors. What was like the end result of that? Oh, no, they left. I was. It was no. They handed me my license and registration back. They never ran it because they never left from the, the vehicle there. Right. So, the, so he went to the back, like other car there, had a little conversation, came back to the front. My bad, wrong identification. You said you saw me buy right. drugs. How is this wrong identification? Oh, okay, yeah, okay. I get, all right, thank you. Which is sad because basically that just says they know who to mess with and they're gonna mess with people. I mean, they're gonna try everybody until they realize some people do know their rights. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm gonna strongly encourage everybody to learn your rights, know your rights, because um, we're getting pulled over every day just to driving while black. It's really a thing, you know. Um, so knowing your rights. Is your biggest weapon there because, like Joe T's situation, they're going to just walk away if you know exactly what you're talking about and you did nothing wrong. Uh, you don't want to be in a situation where you're just trying to make it home and you don't. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to go home to your families, mothers, daughters, children, you know what I mean? Um, I do have a question for you, though. With you having two sons, and I know your oldest son does live with you, and he's a little, he's in school now, 
do you have you taught him anything when he say for instance in reference to when he comes in contact with police at all yet so i'm sorry before we go out i want to talk about the rights people we have our phones all day we have our computers we have our ipads that is a tool it can is it can be used as a weapon to you can just weaponize your brain use that that's a simple way to just look up your rights there in any any situation in any given time yeah it just it's a quick google hey do what can does the police ask siri does the police have the right to stop me for no reason all right but now back to your question you just asked me about um my, my oldest son khalil well funny literally just had the conversation with khalil the other day um, I make I'll every so often, like every month or so. Hey, Khalil, we want to be when you grow up. So from time to time, he'll change it. So this time, he was like, I want to be a police officer. And I was <laughs> like, I said, okay, you can be what you want to be. But he he realized I wasn't actually excited for it. So when he realized I wasn't excited, he decided to say, Why you look like that? So I, I had to tell him, like, I just I don't like policemen. So he he had asked me why. So, because I had enough time, I said, you know what? I'll just tell him the entire story. Um, the problem, like, the police work, just the inception and the creation of them was to the hindrance of um, just black and brown people. They, right. were, they were created, in a sense, to be slave catchers. And then they evolved into be lawmakers in order to give off a certain, um, to oppress Still, black and brown people. Exactly. Let's, let, let's keep the black. Let's keep the black people in check from there, and it just developed from there. And then they became, oh no, we need to protect and serve. Now the question is, who are you protecting, and who are you, who are you serving? Now I don't want to make this as um, a thing where it's a police bashing session with it, but I, I have my own feelings behind them. I, I say, and I believe there are some good cops out there, but yeah, I can agree. They are in minority. And if they, I understand most people wouldn't wouldn't agree to that concept because again, like you said, if they come from a background where they they don't live in an impoverished area, they don't live in an area where already society treats you like you're second hand there. But if you if you're on just on a level there, like you, we're treated like a third world country, in a and what's supposed to be the greatest country of the world there. So and I'm getting treated like that from people who claim to be as American as they want to be there, or I'm here to protect and serve. Well, when, when did you ever protect me? When did I ever, I'd never, I've never, even to the instance where I had, again, another instance, five years ago, my own house as an adult was broken into. Y'all came and asked me, did I have drugs in the house? <laughs> Would I have called you here to talk about if I had drugs in my house? Exactly. Why is that the first, you know what? I'm going to go for a walk. Because I'm going to end up fighting somebody. I'm already mad enough to do it. So just it's just the mindset that they just have there. I just wish it, you know, I I hope for better. Yeah, no. I mean, we can only hope for better. And when he did tell you that, was there any conversation held around it on, like, any type of interaction? Like, if he runs into the police, um, things of that sort. And the reason why I'm asking is because, you know, with social media being a powerful thing, I've seen something... Um, I'm gonna reference Grey's Anatomy a lot because I do watch it. Um, I seen a skit with um, Bailey, Doctor Bailey, where she was basically teaching her son what to do when the cops come, and he might have been maybe like middle school, maybe fifth grade. And I just thought that was crazy that it's come to that that you have to teach your little boys, even your little girls, 
at a very young age what to do if you come encounter and you know encounter with the police and that's pretty much for me ridiculous so anything you taught him in that manner so um yeah i'm teaching him still currently um one thing marlon wayne said something to be funny like he said something smart in this one of stand-up comedies there um he says black parents have a habit of treat telling our kids to see police officers like they're slave masters like look them in the eye don't look away say yes sir no sir I was going here. Like you start, you start traumatizing them and giving them that authority. I myself, I'm not doing that. Like, a, a, listen, okay. I'll, I, I teach Khalil what I feel like would be a different method here. I don't want you to disrespect an adult ever, but I also don't want you to just over-respect someone who is who is going to disrespect you. So yes, I I'll tell him like, hey, if you if you're out of line, Khalil. It's totally fine there. You're at that age there. Um, just respect the adults with it. But if you feel like you're being attacked and you feel like you're being bullied on, on that situation, you make sure you give them my information so I can address them. So if you feel like if you ever feeling pressured to say anything, do anything, being touched, like any anything of those natures there, shut down. Do not say a word. Tell them to reach out to your father. That is the end of that conversation there because I will address any situation and I will put my life on the line for that. You don't have to. I got you. Right. That's that's deep. You know, um, and that's funny that you said that because um, in the video she was saying, you know, say yes, sir. No, sir. Basically, everything to get them home. And you have a different spin on it where you're just saying just be respectful. Let them know that your daddy will handle it, um, which I think is really good. But with these day and ages, do you think that will work? Okay. Um, do I? I don't have the answer to that question. Um, honestly, I I wish I did. But honestly, yes sir, no sir hasn't worked. Right. We 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 seen people with their hands up get shot. Very true. We we seen people running away, their backs turns get shot. So to teach, I'm not about to teach my son. I'm. You're not going to treat my son like he's less than a human being, and then expect him to treat you like you are God. We are human beings. We are men at the end of the day. Treat me with my respect. I will give you the respect that you give me. Right. If you give me none, you get none. I don't have to talk to you. Go get some. If you cool, go get some. If you don't want to respect me, go get someone that will respect me, so we can have actual dialogue. Because I don't need to do that. So shut. I rather you shut down. Don't antagonize them. Don't say a word. Your father will handle it. Right. That's 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 really big. Uh, the whole don't say a word. Don't antagonize them because I think that a lot of us, again, young black adults, we get into a situation and we start running off at the mouth and because we, it's fear. And if you ask me, it's fear and we don't know what to do. We don't know what to say. So we almost want to fight the cops or we always almost want to curse them out. Like, but you got to step back and think, is that what you really want to do now? I'm not saying be a slave to them. Absolutely not. But I'm also saying... Have some respect so you can get some respect. And vice versa mm. as well. It's kind of... Alright. I'm going to let my level-headed side speak on this matter. So, I agree. If they are giving you respect... I'm, I'm big on respect. Absolutely. Yes. If they are giving me respect, they will get respect. Wholeheartedly. Now the whole portion of antagonizing them, that is a they will piss they will push the boundaries of what antagonizing. So they they they'll do stuff like, hey, shut the f up, 
and you and you look at them like who are you talking to? And then they'll be like, Oh, what would you say? Listen, brother. What I'm gonna do? I'm gonna roll my window. Listen, if you have a car, roll your window up. Ain't no stopping the frisking me. It's just not gonna happen. If you, right. I will stop. You will. You do not. I know there's no. Hey, I don't know if y'all know this. There is no stop and frisk law anymore. There is no more. If you look suspicious, oh stop. Oh, you look like. Oh, I think you smell like weed. What? What, what is it? You think? Do I'm sorry. Did you? Did you find possession? No, you're not gonna find it because I'm gonna wait for your superior. I want. I want your superior here. I want your. I want to stand in front of your vehicle so your your camera can see me. Where is your body camera? Why don't you have your body camera on? You're stopping me without your. Ask them questions. They love. Yeah. It. Yeah. Ask them questions. Seriously, like, again, it goes back to knowing your rights. Um, Joe T's, I guess, Methodist, to roll up the window if <laughs> he doesn't feel like he's getting somewhere with them. But I think that's a valid point. You know, <laughs> let me see your superior. Um, I definitely think that's valid. Um. And, again, just go back to this, knowing your rights. Do not fall victim to the system. It's very easy to, um, you know, like I mentioned in the beginning, like, lately I've been terrified. Um, but just speaking with Joe T and just going over this topic, you know, I do feel a little bit better about the situation. Um, because, honestly, I don't have anything to fear. Like, I don't have, I'm not a criminal. I don't have drugs on me. I don't have a gun on me. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I definitely don't want to live my life in, in fear, especially... Not to police, you know. Um, and then another thing I definitely wanted to bring up too is that uh, we decided to like fake start a book club at work. So when's a <laughs> fake fake? Because uh, we tend we tend to read a lot of books at work while we're working. Okay, so don't tell nobody. Um, and one of the books that we recently read, which is a quick easy read, was um, "The Hate That You Give" um, by Angie Thomas. So if anybody's read that book. Um, I think it was an amazing, quick, easy read. Um, Love the book. It may have seen, like, when you look at it, it may seem a little teenagerish, but I think everybody should read it. It was, um, it wasn't predictable um, for what, in my opinion, like, obviously it was about, um, well, if you heard about it, it's about, like, police brutality and things of that sort. Um, predictable in a sense where, obviously, unfortunately, it comes to the fact where, the police were in charge. The you outcome, know, the outcome is always the same. That outcome, yeah, but the during the middle, like the meat, mm-hmm. the potatoes were amazing to me, and um, it kind of opened my eyes. Like I couldn't stop reading the book. How did you feel about the book? Cause I know you read it too. Yeah, I, I actually love the book. There, the hate you give is um. I read a lot. So probably mm, top 10 book I've ever read. Now, and the reason I just I liked about it is because the perspective of it just to get just get into that mind frame of it there is probably one of the best things I just you know, I, I enjoyed about it there. She's able to tell a story of a teenage young black girl who lives in the inner city, who lives in an impoverished neighborhood just in general and just filled with gang violence. But travels far away there just to get to an enriched environment there to get the education. Whose family is providing with her thoroughly there, but who has a friend that just gets killed just on a whim, just for for no reason there. Simply, but I guess what they would just say antagonizing would be the term they were saying there. Or the cop felt threatened, which is usually the term that they use there to just let off a few. Yeah, I think from my understanding, um, not to be to spoil the book, he kind of like reached in the car to get his brush. Well, he always had a brush in his hand. Or something like that, yeah. And mm-hmm. oh no, he he 
stuck his head in the window to see if she was okay. Mm-hmm. To ask because the, the girl was in the car with him, mm-hmm. they asked the character, the main character, was she okay? You right? And then that's when they just let off. Let off. Oh, because he turned around and looked at him as he was walking away, and he thought because he turned saw the brush gun shot. That and that's 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 amazing too. That that happens, but yeah, basically, um, I think everybody should go read it. You have any young adult children or young adult family members, you should definitely go read that as well. Um, it puts a lot of things in perspective. I mean, obviously, again, the outcome is always the same, just the injustice, but just the um, whole plot summary of the book was pretty good. So, One thing about this book that I enjoyed is um, the character that we're just speaking of, the one that passed away, and that what that was murdered in the book. Um, his background wasn't pretty. Um, and what people will do, not even people, media, even us, is as a culture, what we'll do is, what we'll say, his journey defines why he died. Now, I find that always being an interesting concept to me. Right. Because I don't understand how, you, let's say hypothetically I'm a drug dealer. I, I sell drugs all day, every day. I, right. I understand that. My, I'm making the wrong choices in my life. That does not... And I repeat, that does not give a person that's meant to protect and serve me the green light to fire on me just because they think, oh, he's a drug dealer and I feel threatened. What about my demeanor makes you feel threatened? Because you because you see me as a person that you don't know my choices that I got there. Right. You have this perception over here. If you don't, if you don't, again, and this goes back to the concept we stated, if you're not what you said with your father, if you're not of that neighborhood, if you're not of that area, you should not police that area because a person of that area, and we get this a lot, but we, we, we can go back to like those cases we were talking about before, off mic. And we were talking about um, Philando Castillo. And we talking about Michael Brown there. Like those people, those cops' words were, I felt threatened. <laughs> you felt threatened by a perception of fear that you created in your own mind of a person and that you murdered. What? What personally blows my mind is, um, if it if I'm not mistaken, was it Philandro, um, where he had his girlfriend in the yes. car? Yes. Even with the book, the girl was in the car, and you have a valid witness, and the outcome again remains the same: the injustice. What's the point of having a witness if why put me through all of that? Put me through the stands. Put me through all the all the extra media, all the extraness, and you don't even take my word for it. You know, and um, also want to go back and reiterate uh, what I was saying. I, um, so Amityville police, they are from Amityville, but we do have a section in Amityville that we call South Amityville. Mm-hmm. And they're pretty much mostly from them. So they're white men. Um, and most of them, although they lived in the town, they didn't go to school in the town until they were... Um, until they got to high school, they went to private school first, and they got to high school, and they wanted to do sports with us. So, like I said, my dad knew a couple of those people. Um, so sometimes, so it's not always good. It, they can be on a high house from time to time, hmm. um, but a lot of them do know the neighbor, the neighborhood kids' parents, and things of that sort. So sometimes you may get off, you may not. It, it, it's not always pretty, you know. But I do think you should police an area that you do live in. So at least you have some type of background in it and you're not coming in there on your high horse or empowered and things of that sort and creating fear for young adults or even children, not even young adults anymore. You're going down to children that are five years old these days. I'm um, as Joe T mentioned with him, you know, seeing his mother get slammed in a car at five years old. 
that's ridiculous. But I can just, I mean, again, it just goes back, who are we here to protect and serve? I mean, not not say we, but it's the us versus them concept, the protect and serve concept, the just the systemic oppression, just the lack of the lack of humanity, the the blatant disregard just for people that you just deem lesser than. I don't understand it, and I, I can never understand it because I grew up selfless. I grew up caring about people. Now. You may. I developed my own sense of I'm. I'm immune to certain things there where I pick up on things I'm immune to. But just my my heart when certain things just come out like those cases we mentioned, whether it's um, Philando Castile, whether it's Eric Garner, whether it's Sandra Bland, whether it's Trayvon Martin. I, I don't. If, if it was, I don't care. And I. I'm sorry. I can't think of any. Like you even think about the the kid Dylan Roof, mm-hmm. just walking into that church. And just, you know, just shooting up that entire church there. Like, and just the treatment that he got leaving that, leaving that church. Leaving the situation. Yeah. Oh, you, and I, I found out something there interesting. It's not, I wouldn't say not just say interesting, but did you know that the, um, the preacher there that was killed in that, he spoke at Trayvon Mountain's funeral probably a few months earlier than that. Mm. Like, he was given, like, a discourse on that. I, I just found that out probably a couple of weeks ago. Right. And then it's, it's just real crazy to me that a few weeks a few maybe a few months maybe i'm just my time frame is a little off but he just walks in and he's just gunned down an aspect from it there and they they treat the boy like he a saint you yeah you, you took him to i've eat. seen that they took him to eat after he married what was it 16 people in that church he did they really went born burger king like but freddie gray couldn't get strapped in to a back of a police wagon because you want to give him a rough ride and all six of y'all get off. That's ridiculous. Um, I have this, something that I've noticed lately, and I want to know if you feel the same way. Um, a lot of people my age, our age, are going into law enforcement. And that scares the heck out of me. That's great. Because why is it so open? Why is it so available these days? Um... I think a couple of weeks ago, my girlfriend was mentioned to me that Maryland, uh, Baltimore City had this thing where they had to offer men, like, almost like a, a million hours in, like, not a million, but like a, a lot of hours in um, overtime. mandatory overtime. And I, I'm like, this is crazy. But just to go back on, like, a lot of people my age are going to be in the law enforcement, which is great. It's a great career, great benefits, great retirement. I understand that. But why mm-hmm. now? Why is it so open and so available now? Do you not hmm. want other people to risk their lives anymore? Like, you're, you're opening it up and you're, you're promoting it in the black communities, you know, and we're told, like, these are great jobs, you have benefits. I've, my sister's actually um, a correctional officer, and recently she posted a couple uh, people that she knew just getting abused in the jail, you know? So it goes both ways. But it scares me that so many young black people are being recruited for law enforcement. You Why now? Sh- um, now, well, uh, I can't answer to the recruitment of them, but I, I think that is what is needed now. Because, and I say, I say that because those are the people that grown that's grown up in these neighborhoods. So you, and if the wave. 
that felt like the people that we understand are being are threatening. But if you get a second wave coming in, like, oh, no, they're not threatening. They just, you don't understand what they're saying. You don't understand where they're coming from. You don't understand why they're doing Let me Let me have a conversation with them. That And that would be great. But is it happening like that? Because there's still injustice within that system itself. So are they allowed to go out and patrol the streets? And is it okay for them to let a black person know because they feel like, not that they feel like, because they know that he didn't do anything wrong. Now, are they going to go back and get in trouble for it? Well, that's a uh, that's a onus that an individual has to make. You as an owner, so it's a it's a different. And the crazy thing was, historically, you would think ethics would match um, would match up with justice, but it just historically. I mean, well, no, not historically, because historically that is proven not to be true. Um, you would you would just hope that you would help the law would match up with just the law of ethics, and that's just not true. Court of law no longer has those. So, but so, and that person, um, an individual, has to take that on. It's like you're not gonna you, but the system's going. The system's going to provide you. It's it's going to provide you shit and hope you turn into the gold. So it's just up for you. Like as an individual, yeah. you just have to realize, like you know what. I'm gonna to have to make this choice here. I rec- I'm putting my neck on the line here because I understand what's going on with right. it. Now, and you're gonna, you're gonna, it's gonna be times you strike out because you're gonna put your, you mean this life. You put your faith in people who let you down. As an officer, you'll say, you know what? I'll let this individual go, and they may turn out to be a murderer, which is I'm, I'm sad. That's a choice you had to make there, and you made the wrong choice. Right. But you have to give a person a chance, which which this system is lacking. Right. Historically. Yeah. On, so on us. Yeah, I definitely hope. That this turns out to be really great where the recruitment of the black community does, like you said, we need more black people, obviously. We need more of us in law enforcement, but I hope it turns out to be positive and not negative. So that's just my thoughts on that. Like, I just know, I I just see a lot of people, I just, like, recently, a couple, maybe four or five people just in my timeline in New York just graduated and crossed. Like, even, I mentioned my sister, she's a correction officer. My brother is actually um, in the process of being a state trooper. And um, when he first told me that, it scared the heck out of me. I was just like, bro, you sure this is what you want to do? And, you know, he it goes back to the what's drilled in our head. It's a great job, great benefits, great retirement. But, again, are you sure this is what you want to do? Are you only doing it for the great job, great benefits? Or is it something that you're passionate about? Well, that's... I mean, it's individualized, obviously. No, I mean that's that's also life. This is just, I mean, people making those choices. There, people. I don't. I've I've known very few far in between people, but that's also a testament to my background, who, who whose passion was to be a police officer. No. Um, so I get it. I hope, hopefully, we're gonna we're gonna pluck those ones on out there because you're gonna get some people like, oh, they they paying what? I'm going in there. Yeah. The, the, no lack of regard for them for them, uh, their health care, the person's health care, and all. Yeah, I mean, even with me, when I first moved out here, I applied to be a correction officer, and um, I had to just again for the benefits, the pay. I had to sit back and realize everything ain't for everybody, and this is not for me. Like I said, I know what's for me, and that was not for me. And I just realized, like, even if I do get it, if I don't get it, this is not something I'm, I'm going to accept and go forward with. So I say this to say that, that ain't it. I just hope that everybody, all us young black folks that are going into law enforcement, that um, you're just protected and you, you do what's right, and hopefully the system does what's right by you as well. Um, you have anything to add? 
Uh, I want to thank. Um, I want to tie this conversation back into like the police. Um, you said the young people going to police offices. I want to add. Yes, I feel like they need to because those young police officers are gonna make young lieutenants, young captains. Hopefully, turn to young. make us proud. Black excellence. Young, young mayors, young councilmen. We need all of those. So more people that's that's learning their law, and hopefully they can flip it into something else. Or if you can't flip it yourself, go teach what you know. Exactly. That is the best. That's one thing I can say. Hey, if you those who don't listen to the saying that says those who can't teach, no, that's not true. Those who know should teach. If you know, you go give back that knowledge you have. That is the most important part, and that is what life is about. Absolutely. And just to tie everything back up today, um, we're just going to go back into just knowing your rights. That's the most important thing. Absolutely. Um, Knowing your rights. I encourage everybody, even if after this podcast, um, just to Google your rights, like where you're at, what state you're in, um, because it does vary state by state. Knowing mm-hmm. your rights, knowing what to do when you come in contact with the police. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I like to say getting home, um, things of that sort, doing everything in a respectful manner. Uh, but that's pretty much it. And again, this was a topic that I've never talked about on my social media because I never wanted to offend anybody. Um, but honestly, I'm out of that, like, out of that space. Like, we're getting offended every single day. I don't, I don't really care anymore. So I'm glad I was able to have this platform mm-hmm. uh, with my co-host to share my thoughts and um, experiences and things like that with you guys. Um, th- no, thank you guys for listening in. Those however you listening, whether it's iTunes, I don't know if somebody shared this on Facebook, somebody shared this anywhere. Just thank you for your ear. Hopefully, I mean, if you have some dialogue, wherever you see this at, comment on that platform. We're very interested interested in hearing y'all feedback. Yeah, so like, comment, feedback, share, um, all that good stuff. That's what social media is for. We're here for the people. Again, we're reaching back. We're reaching out to you, so you can reach back out to us. Um, give us any suggestions, any anything. We want to make. We want to get better, as I mentioned before. And thank you for tuning in. Have a great one. We're dope in real life. <laughs>